Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. We hear this saying often, favor isn't fair. And I've been reflecting on that and favor overall from God and how it comes about in our lives, how it manifests in our lives, even if we're honest, how we get frustrated when we see someone else walking in the favor of God. And it's easy to just fluff it off, I guess, and say, well, favor isn't fair, and it diminishes our responsibility. And it makes it seem like when we say that favor isn't fair, it makes it seem like God is just up on his throne randomly picking and choosing who he's going to pour his favor out upon, randomly bestowing his blessings, his open doors, all of that, to people with happenstance. And that's just not the case. So really what we have to say is favor isn't fair or is it? It's fair from the perspective of God, always. To say favor isn't fair is to say that God is unjust, and that can't be said. I mean, it comes down to the condition of our heart, and we don't like to say that, and we don't like to go look in the mirror and recognize that truth. But that is the bottom line. Favor comes down to the condition of our heart. We have to have our hearts in the right place to receive the favor of God. It's not fear in the earthly man flesh sense, but it is always God paving the way for the one who we might look and say never would have had that way paved for them, but it's a condition of the heart. It kind of, this kind of builds off of what I spoke about with regard to the new wine of this year and it being overflowing. And if you recall, I talked about uh, us being the vats right? Because that's what holds new wine. And we had to let God do a new a work in us for us to become the new thing in him. So we would be the vats that would not crack like the wineskin, the old wineskin. Uh, and really that vat, us as a vessel, came down to our hearts. And so I think there's two things I want to focus on this morning. And that's in Genesis 50, Joseph You know, when you think about people and the favor of God upon their life, Joseph 
is one that I always think of. I mean, you just couldn't keep the man down. He was someone that really had an opportunity for discouragement, for frustration, for depression, for uh, insecurity to overtake his life. And he wouldn't allow it. See, we're the ones that allow those things to overtake our lives. And people will say, well, you don't know and you don't understand if you ever haven't ever dealt with it. Everybody has dealt with something. One of those things I just listed off. Everybody has dealt with one of those things I just listed off. And it's our response to those things. What are we going to do? Are we going to lean into that thing? Are we going to numb that thing with some kind of medication, legal or illegal? Or are we going to press into the Lord and seek out the truth of what the Lord says about us if it's rejection, right? So we don't end up in insecurity. If we're frustrated about things not taking place in our life that we thought should have already taken place in our life, prophetic things the Lord has spoken to us, we have to say, I've just got to press more into the Lord. I've got to stop seeking the things. I've got to stop seeking the elevation. I've got to stop seeking the promotion and seek him. And I mean, really seek him. Pursue, if you're married, pursue him like you pursue time with your spouse. You know, I say this a lot of times with regard to married couples. If you communicated with your spouse and if you spent quality time with your spouse, that amount of time with your spouse as you do with the Lord each week, where would your marriage be? Now, people have strong marriages, good, solid marriages, because they communicate, because they spend quality time together, because they have moments of intimacy together. Otherwise, without those three things, you're not going to have a strong relationship in your marriage. So if we don't do those three things with the Lord, how can we expect to have a strong relationship with him? If we don't spend time communicating with him, if we don't spend quality time with him, and if we're not intimate with him, how can we expect to have a strong relationship with him? But yet we get frustrated when he's not pouring his favor out upon us. In other words, when he's not doing things when and how we want them done. Think about that in a marriage relationship. If you're a man and you're listening today, how would you feel if your wife didn't communicate with you, she didn't spend quality time with you, there was no intimacy, but she had a to-do list for you every day? What would you think that your marriage was for? She's only, I'm her handyman, basically. And what what about a wife? What about if your husband, woman, if you're listening, what if your husband didn't communicate with you? 
didn't spend quality time with you. There was no intimacy in your relationship. But he expects dinner on the table when he gets home. He expects his laundry folded. And what are you, his servant? You see what I'm saying? Sometimes, truthfully, (laughs) if we really want to be honest, we put God at the servant level in our lives. We have expectations of God to just do this, do that, do this, be this, be that. And yet there's no intimacy. There's no heart-to-heart connection. There's no quality time with him. We might toss him a few minutes while we're doing something else at the same time. There's no real communication. And communication is, I'll speak, then you speak. Otherwise, it's lecturing or petitioning. So we have to really check our heart. Have we made God, that's a really good question for all of us to ask. Have we made God a servant in our lives? And if we have, we have to repent and we have to develop a relationship with him that involves communication, that involves time spent with him, and that involves intimacy. And that right there is the root to the favor of God being poured out in our lives. That will bring everything we've been having an expectation for, we've been Uh, dealing with, feeling frustration in our lives, all those things. So we have to have communication. That's vital. We have to have time and we have to have intimacy. And so I want to, I know I mentioned Joseph, but before, before we go to Joseph, I want to jump over to Proverbs 3 really quick. And this really lines up with what all what we were just talking about. Because this here lines up with the communication and the time and the intimacy. Brings us to a place of Proverbs 3. And in Proverbs 3, in the first few scriptures... It says, my son, forget not my law or teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. Now, I heard something last week that I thought was so good because the Lord's not talking about, he's not talking about you do, you do, you do, you know, like, like a harsh father, you know, like the household where there's just a bunch of rules and there's no relationship. Because years ago, when my children were young, I heard someone say, actually, they were were using the word rebuke, but it really can put rules in there too. Rebuke without relationship equals rebellion. And so you can even put the word rule in there. Rules without relationship equal rebellion. And actually, it was James Dobson who shared that. And he was talking about parenting. Make sure you have a relationship with your children and you're not just the one rebuking and correcting them because that will put rebellion in their heart. 
the two go hand in hand. We have a relationship with our children. They love us. We love them. They know we love them. They can trust us. They trust if there's rules or if there's rebuke, even though they don't like it in the moment, they know it's for a reason because they have a relationship with us and they trust us. And that's how it is with God. When we have that relationship with him and we trust him, then we look at this command right here in Proverbs 3. Let your heart keep my commandments. Your heart doesn't just say, doesn't just say my law, my son, forget not my law or teaching, but let, but keep my commandments. Talks about, see, it's always an issue of the heart. It always, always, always comes down to the heart. Always. I can't emphasize that much, that, that enough. The Lord wants our hearts in a place of love and trust with him that we desire holiness, that we desire to please him. That's why our kids want to please us. You know, if, you, if you've already raised children or you're in the process of raising children, really your kids love to please you because they desire your love. They desire your affirmation. That's why they have a love for you. And so it's this heart thing going back and forth. And so that's what the Lord's talking about here. And that's what I heard somebody say a few weeks ago. Holiness is not legalism. Holiness is not legalism. Holiness comes from a place of beholding him. Holiness comes from a place of loving him. Pursuing him. Those three things that I talked about. Communicating with him. Quality time with him. And intimacy with him. Produces holiness. It actually puts a demand, an inner demand on us because we have pursued and are living to please him. Will we get it perfect like our kids? No. But that's the ultimate desire. I don't think there's a desire in children, especially young children that are looking for the affirmation and love of their parents I don't think there's this desire to displease. Sometimes the flesh just takes over and they mess up and then they know they're displeased because the rebuke comes in. But because we have relationship already, their hearts don't become rebellious. So the same with us. We won't get it perfect every time, but our desire ultimately should always be to please God. Like if we're in this place of what can I get away with? I think this is fine. I think that's okay. I think I can do this. That's fine. We're not looking. We don't have that intimate level with the Lord. We're not really looking to please the Lord. We're not beholding him. We're not pursuing him. And so then when his favor does not fall on us, we cannot be frustrated 
because the favor of God is more fair than we can ever comprehend. And we look at someone else and we think they don't deserve that favor. Why are they getting that and I'm not getting that? We've all fought it. You don't know their heart and God knows their heart. And I will say to you 10 times out of 10, the person that God is pouring his favor out upon, their heart is worthy because God has to be fair. He has to be just. He is not a random God. So back to Proverbs 3. For length of days and years of a life, I'm in verse 2, and tranquility, which is peace, these shall they add to you. If your heart keeps his command. Now, there's people that are very obedient to the laws of God, but their heart is not in it. And so they don't have peace. They don't do what they're not supposed to do, but they're doing it from a place of legalism. Even obedience can be in a place of legalism. That's not even holiness. Holiness comes from a purity in your heart that says, I just want to please the Father. So this is the, this is the point I'm working up to here in Proverbs 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. The actual uh, Amplified says, <clears throat> let not mercy and kindness, shutting out all hatred and selfishness and truth, shutting out all deliberate hypocrisy or falsehood, forsake you. Bind them about your neck and write them upon the tablet of your heart. So, verse four, this is the point of doing that. So shall you find favor, good understanding and high esteem in the sight or judgment of God and man. See, God will cause man to favor you. All of this works up to so you shall find favor, good understanding, and high esteem in the sight of God and man. And this, this, is, this is key right here, verse 5. Lean on, <clears throat> trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart. Here we go again. Matters of the heart, heart check, always. <laughs> Lean and be confident and trust in the Lord with all your heart and mind and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. Don't we do that? We rely on our own insight and our own understanding so many times. In all your ways, know, which is the intimacy, which is the time in the communication, know. Know him, know him, not know of him, know him. In all your ways, know him. In all your ways, this is verse six, know, recognize, and acknowledge him. And he will direct and make straight and plain your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. 
reverently fear and worship the Lord and turn entirely away from evil. In other words, walk in holiness. (laughs) And this is the result of that. It shall be health to your nerves and sinews and marrow and moistening to your bones. That's powerful. It will be health. The King James says, it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. So good. In all your ways, acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. This, these are key to having favor with God. I can't tell you how many times, and even straight from the pulpit, I've heard favor isn't fair. It's more fair than we could ever understand. The word of God tells us, so shall you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Why? Because you have taken mercy and you have taken truth and you have bound them around your neck. Your heart follows the commands of God. You have written them upon the tablet of your heart. I think I skipped over that when I was reading, actually. Write them upon the tablet of your heart. Then you find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Then, when you've done those things, So we can't just call in the favor of God, but when God is releasing his favor, if we have already been in this place, then we're just like, we're the open vessel for it. Like our pitcher has already been emptied out and we're walking with hearts that, with hearts that obey his commandments. We're walking in that place of mercy and truth, right? We're walking in that place of no hatred in our heart. No hatred. We're walking in that place of complete unselfishness. We're walking in that place of no hypocrisy. No falsehood, saying one thing and doing another. When we're walking in that place, we've got that bound around our necks. Like it's the very thing that encompasses our whole body, our whole being. That's something's bound around your neck, right? The neck, the neck is the, it's the connector. It's the connector of the head and the body. Our neck, right? We can turn our heads, but you know, it's, we don't turn our necks. Our neck controls how, where our head looks. So this stuff's bound around our neck. It remains, it stays, it stands, it's steadfast. That's that's where the favor comes in. And so going over to Gen- going back to Genesis now so we can touch on Joseph before we're out of time. This is what Joseph did. He always has amazed me. You know, a lot of people don't realize, and I just realized recently that his mother died. 
And the truth is, if we keep our hearts right, that's what, that's what God's favor really is. If we keep our hearts right, then God can't be stopped in our lives. See, and how we deal with difficult circumstances, how we deal with the haters, so to speak, that's what holds our promotion because that's a matter of the heart. Favor can't be taken away, but we can certainly give it away. Again, the condition of our heart determines that. It can't, nobody can take the favor of God away from you. Nobody can rob you of the favor of God, but you can. You can. Fulfillment of prophecy spoken over your life will take effect in your life in the moment God has designed it to take effect in your life if you keep your heart in check with everything that will come to resist the very fulfillment of the prophecies spoken over your life. Every injustice, every wrongdoing, every, every uh, overlooking, every hating, hating, all that stuff, every, every trying to take away your reputation, take away your dignity, all these things happened to Joseph on a regular basis, really. And when you look at his story, he had injustice over and over again. And he really could have justifiably been bitter. So I love this portion here. I'm trying to find exactly which scripture I want to share because this is really good. We have to understand God is working some stuff out. And I touched on that in the new wine recording about us as the vats. He's preparing us to be able to carry all. You know, there was some stuff in Joseph that had to be worked out. And he continued to pursue the Lord in it. And it always says, if you look through, you know, it starts all, you can go back to Genesis, like chapter 37-ish, I guess. Continually, through all these struggles, you, you see the phrase, but the Lord was with Joseph. And he was successful and prospered. And I'm paraphrasing that, but. And how many of us at any point in Joseph's life, we would have stopped and given up? We would have. But the Lord was with Joseph. And he showed him mercy. And he showed him love and kindness. And he gave him favor over and over again because of the condition of Joseph's heart. So we jump forward all the way to chapter 50. And really, I believe Joseph walked out Galatians 6, 9. You know, let us not get weary in well-doing. For in due season, if we don't faint, and I'm paraphrasing, you can go look it up in Galatians 6, 9, and 10. You know, if we don't allow ourselves to get weary, at the right time, we'll harvest all that God has for us. If we don't give up, if we don't quit, let it work for us. Let it benefit us. And we will see, we will see the prophetic fulfillment in our lives. So in verse, all the way towards the end, Genesis 50, verse, I guess, uh, 20. And Joseph's elevated to help others. Don't miss that. 
He never gave up. And he never, I mean, he was elevated always. Every position he had wasn't about his glory. It was to help others. Okay, so here we are in Genesis 50. And Joseph is talking to his brothers who threw him in the pit, who sold him into slavery, who lied about his death. He says to them, as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for my good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are this day. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for and support you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke to their hearts. <laughs> right down to the heart again. Because Joseph kept his heart right. He could encourage his brothers in that moment. He could be impure. Now, not that he was, wasn't overwhelmed with emotion. He was. We see that as we read through Genesis. But his heart was kept in a place that he was able to impart strength and hope and love into their hearts. That's powerful. So I just want to remind you that favor is fair on all occasions when it comes from God. And the key components to it are communication with Him, quality time with Him, and intimacy with Him. 